Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Litecoin Underground Podcast. So hey, this week we had in a guest from Twitter, of course, right? And her name is Satoshi Sarah from BitcoinLadies.org. So what's funny I'm realizing about these Twitter guests I have in, I don't really know their names. I just know their Twitter handles. So just go look her up. She's a great follow on Twitter. Uh, Satoshi Sarah, if you search that, it's Sarah with an H. I'm sure you'll find her. So uh, she's really come to my attention. I've I've noticed her online because she's somebody that uh, is willing to really stand up to some of the negative... um, some of the negative things that are on Twitter and in social media in general uh, when it comes to the crypto community and really specifically the Bitcoin community. What she is willing and able to do very well is to stand up for herself and for other people that uh, are feeling like this environment is negative for crypto, it's negative for Bitcoin, and it's ultimately not going to get any of us where we need to go so very much the same types of things that i believe um the other thing like we talked about that and we talked a little bit about uh her organization bitcoinladies.org bitcoin ladies is an organization that she created to really just bring more education and adoption of bitcoin to to women and other diverse communities and it was really an interesting conversation because it's not something that really is a technical aspect of any of these cryptocurrencies and sometimes when you get too caught up in the technicals of these projects you lose sight of the human element and um, in having a conversation with her I really um, I really did start to reflect kind of on what it is what it would feel like to be in a conversation and not feel like your voice is heard or to feel like your opinions weren't valid or couldn't stand on their own without the approval of somebody else and that would be a really frustrating place to be you know i'm fortunate in just in the fact that i get to run this show when i do these twitter spaces i'm in charge of who gets to talk and who doesn't i can drive the conversation people are listening to me and generally giving me some sort of deference i mean they may disagree with me but um like to think that it's such a luxury I have that um, I, I guess I just I just haven't ever really put a lot of thought about thought into it before having this conversation with her and I, and I, it makes me think about the people that do come into our audiences and making sure just continuing to think about how do I make sure they feel welcome how do I make sure that they don't feel like they're going to get shut out. Um, by our audience members or by myself and I, I like to think that we've done a really great job of that but it's just a, it's a really good reminder uh, to to just give people their space give people space to speak and some time to understand what it is that they're trying to say and hopefully come to some common ground as opposed to just being combative with people all the time I think that's the best way it's almost like a life lesson even in your personal life just to always be thinking about the fact that, hey, these are, everybody deserves their space and to have their opinions heard and validated. So, so that all said, I think Sarah was a really great guest. I really enjoyed having her on the show. I hope she comes back again. And as you guys know, Cake Wallet is the official wallet of the Litecoin Underground podcast. Cake Wallet is a free, open source, non-custodial wallet for Litecoin, Bitcoin, and Monero. What makes 
Cake Wallet really cool is that you can buy Litecoin from inside the app, inside the wallet. And you can also swap between different cryptocurrencies without having to give up a bunch of different uh, private information. So, for instance, you decide, like we all have, that the logical choice of a cap supply hard asset is Litecoin over Bitcoin. You can go right into the wallet, take your Bitcoin, and swap it into Litecoin. All right, so go to cakewallet.com or download the app today. Oh, yeah, also enjoy the show. Anyway, hey, Sarah, what's going on? Hi, how's it going? Yeah, you know, Sarah and I had our communication last week was I was like, hey, join our space. It was like midnight and I had been drinking and she was she had been drinking and we just drunkenly <laughs> messaged. It was pretty funny. But anyway, uh, no. So, yeah, like I said, in our I didn't really know what to address with you. I part, part, part of me wanted to interview you and I was actually looking at some of your interviews on YouTube and. Um, I don't. I don't know. I had interviews on YouTube. Which one? Yeah, it was like um, cryptocurrency, right? Oh, oh! And I didn't know that one, one was posted. Actually, that that was my favorite podcast that I've ever done. So, if anyone wants to listen to something about that, I that I spoke in, listen to that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it was interesting, and I like you know obviously it sounds like I think you said your mom introduced you to crypto, and um, you know. I think, like I said, <clears throat> probably what I first aligned me to like seeing you or even hearing who you were was like some things about challenging this because it, it has irritated everybody, anybody who's a Litecoiner in particular, but just in general as a person, the way people treat each other on Twitter, right? And you were kind of like, look, you don't need to be like this. You know, I think what I post today, something like, hey, if Bitcoin's inevitable, why you got to be a dick, right? <laughs> essentially, <laughs> sometimes you're like, if you know, if it's so great. So that's where I kind of, hey, anybody who gets frustrated with maximalism, that's how I started following you. But then, I, you know, I saw some of your stuff too with being down at uh, Bitcoin Miami, and and I guess I was just kind of, I'm not 100 percent sure what would be interesting to talk to you about. I mean, you you're in the is a big push for you the the Bitcoin ladies. Is that kind of your main focus? Uh. Yeah, so uh, Ladies in Bitcoin is um, a 501c3 nonprofit that I just started to basically try and, you know, come from an educational perspective, a community perspective, try to get more women into Bitcoin, uh, more diversity into Bitcoin, more sort of uh, opportunities across the spectrum, and just get people involved and interested in Bitcoin. Because I think Bitcoin's cool, and I think the community around Bitcoin is uh, the thing that is deterring, um, you know, more diversity and more just knowledge and creativity into the space. So that that's a problem that needs to be fixed. And uh, that's what I'm working on. Yeah, we had so we have I mean, I mean, as few women as are in Bitcoin, I feel like fewer are in Litecoin, right? <laughs> We've got a few and, you know, Litecoin Lisa is one of our, I guess, our more prominent female Litecoiners. And she had said, like, she actually had a similar experience. Her mom bought her Litecoin as a wedding gift, but this was when Lisa was, a, you know, very much an adult, right? Her her mom yeah. was 65 years old and bought her Litecoin. This is kind of funny. But, That's um, pretty cool. 
And she said, she was like, I always thought everybody in crypto was great. You know, I'd go out, they do these like um, in person, her and this guy, Clint West would go out to these in person onboarding events and try to get people to learn how to pass coins around, you know? And she's like, I got online. I was, it was like trial by fire. Like I just, I couldn't believe like the negativity I got. Right. Yeah. And, and I, and I don't know that it's even unique to, maybe it is unique to women. I shouldn't say it. Right. I can't speak to that, but it depends. It, yeah. It is something. I mean, do you think that's the primary reason why? Um, well, there's, I, mean, I guess, what is there like a percentage of women that are involved in Bitcoin? I mean, uh, well, to answer that question first, um, uh, based on like current stats, uh, it's according to like coin.dance and other stat websites, eToro and whatnot, um, around less than 15% of Bitcoin holders are women and then uh, less than 4% of crypto crypto company founders are women. So that that's those are just the two stats that I name off the top of my head. But I think to answer your question more on just uh, the way that people are treated, I think anytime you're a minority group within a bigger in-group, that's already sort of hat that uh, had this established um, social culture, you'll always sort of feel uh, left out, if not um, unintentionally, uh, in a very sort of rash way, especially in a sort of, I don't want to say community as divisive as Bitcoin, but just as, um, you know, particular. <laughs> well, no, you know, it's funny because like I, I think about you know, we've had, we've certainly had a couple episodes where we get a wave of maxis coming here or, you know, when I go into their spaces, um, you know, I, I chalk it up to like, I'm in the minority in that space. Right. So I go in and I'm just, and generally I'm not sitting there trying to like denigrate Bitcoin. I'm just trying to have a conversation. Even just the fact that I have Litecoin in my name, sometimes it's like, I'm going to get attacked. I don't, I don't get as much time yeah. to speak certainly. Right. And so if I'm not like super assertive and super precise with the way I speak, like I'm not even going to get the opportunity to even speak my mind. And um, it's like, I don't, I, I chalk it up to like, well, these guys are just <laughs> dicks, right? I don't, I don't, I don't like internalize it in any way. And I, it, but it does, it is, it's frustrating, right? And it does, it, it makes you angry. And, and I've always said that about here, you know, we try to create an environment. Like if you came in and talked about, you know, we get people, They'll come and talk about anything. NFTs, metaverse, DeFi. I mean, we primarily talk about self-custody, Litecoin, Bitcoin, Monero, uh, Dogecoin, things that revolve around the Litecoin world. But we're not, you know, somebody wants to come in and ask questions or challenge us on something. I'm okay with that. And and I think that's been very beneficial for us. Um, I think Bitcoiners are losing a lot of, like you're saying, uh, women and other, anybody else who doesn't want doesn't know. I mean, he just isn't even like, doesn't speak the language in a way. And, uh, no, it's interesting. So what, like, what do you think? Um, do you think it's, is there, I mean, I'm, not, I'm just going to ask you because I'm just asking honest questions. Do you think there's also an element that like my wife could care less about cryptocurrency? I talk about it all the time. She doesn't show an interest in it. Um, is it an intimidating topic too for the public in general? And like, maybe that's another factor in it. Um, 
So when it comes to like learning about crypto, I think, uh, well, the way that I like to ex- uh, explain or teach uh, different crypto topics to people uh, is sort of based on what I think they uh, they care about. So uh, what their motivations are. And I think explaining uh, topics like this to women a lot of times is uh very different, not in the sense of like women don't care about, uh, I don't know, like privacy or cryptography in uh, those senses. But I think there's something to be said about, you know, like talking to women as a woman um, who kind of understands a woman's uh, needs and perspectives. And so one of the one of the key points of Ladies in Bitcoin, for instance, is not that I'm specifically curating um, education that's going to that that's made for women right that's supposed to somehow um, convince women that bitcoin is cool or something it's really more coming from the uh, side of hey you know women are the most unbanked around the world there are countries where uh, women just are not allowed to hold their own bank accounts, make money at times, uh, or sometimes like women are most often the ones who are in abusive relationships. And if you, you know, need to become financially independent, um, financially sovereign, then Bitcoin is one of those uh, tools that can help you achieve that. And so that's not a message that, you know, needs to be so... um, It's not a message that I think a lot of men will immediately digest in the same way that women will immediately understand. And that's why I think like the messenger uh, and also just the perspective, um, you know, really matters depending on which audience you're talking to. So a lot of times, like uh, uh, people always ask me, like, like, how did you learn about Bitcoin, Sarah? And I was like, I completely basically, uh, I don't know, like researched, uh, like, uh, researched it all on my own, went down websites, didn't really learn from any person. A lot of people now are saying like, oh, Michael Saylor orange pilled me or uh, watching like a Stefan Levera podcast or something orange pilled me. And I'm like, I ha- I've never watched, I think ever a single one of these um, men's like educational videos and podcasts and whatnot. Cause I, cause I know what they say. And I, I just like, don't really care about what they say. Well, you know, it, it that's, it reminds me of something. Cause I'm, I, I do like sales for, that's my job. And we had a sales training a long time ago. That's always resonated with me in that one thing you have to do is you have to understand what it is that your customers want, right? Like if I, if I go to, a, um, a family, you know, tr- who comes to buy a car or something, and I start, I start selling them a car that's got the biggest engine and can accelerate the most quickly, you know, and they're looking for a car that's like safe for taking their family on vacation. I'm, I'm not selling to the things that are important to them. And so like you just said there, like privacy, I remember, uh, privacy has never been a, th- like, it's been on my radar and it started to become more and more on my radar in the last year or two, but I remember there was a guy, Tux, who used to come in. I don't know if he's in here right now. You know, he framed privacy as this thing like, you know, would you want somebody documenting all your movements inside your home? Like if a person was actually in your house, like documenting all your movements or logging all your keystrokes or monitoring every movement you made with your assets, 
like that would make you very uncomfortable, right? Or they went to the, they're taking pictures of your kid or something like that. <laughs> You'd be like, okay, this, then it makes it much more real. And so sometimes a topic doesn't make much sense to you until you frame it in a way that uh, is relevant to your audience. And I think like you're saying is that you as a woman can speak to being a woman. And I, you know, I have a couple daughters and I got a wife and a mother and all that. And so I, I know that I'm not going to have a unique experience like them and they're going to have different motivations than I am. And so, I mean, I think it's, it's interesting what you're doing. And, uh, I've, I wish we had more Litecoin ladies, to be honest with you. Do you want to start a Litecoin ladies? I think, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm all for just more women's groups in general. Um, uh, honestly, like I, I wish that I could have just sort of gone into crypto in general now that I've been in the Bitcoin space for so long, because it, it's just so tiring. Like sometimes I'm just like, I'm done. I, like I'm done with these people. I don't want to, you know, just uh, have to deal with this community, this toxicity every day. But um, it is what it is. And I think there's a reason why like Bitcoin is literally like, and also like, I guess Litecoin, but um, Bitcoin is pretty much one of the only sort of just like major cryptocurrencies that doesn't have any sort of uh, dedicated like female focus um, until now. And there are a lot of like amazing Web3 crypto women's groups out there. And uh, honestly, like they've inspired me a lot to to try and bring that into Bitcoin. So I, I do hope that someone, um, you know, can do that for Litecoin and for whatever else it is they're passionate about. Isn't it a little crazy to you that you go, how has this thing been around for 13 years? It's everywhere in the world. And I'm the first, like the, the fact you were able to get the name, like the website was available. That tells you like how early we are, right? <laughs> you know, yeah. BitcoinLadies.org <laughs> was available. Like how, what? No one's thought of this in the 13 years that Bitcoin's existed? Yeah, I feel like just nobody's cared. Um, and, and I've heard <laughs> of people trying to do something like this in the past. And I, I guess it was just, uh, I guess the market wasn't there or uh, people just couldn't take it. And I understand why, because now that I'm in it, I'm like, okay, yeah, uh, no turning back now. But <laughs> Well, so what, can I ask you something? Because, you know, I don't know how long you've been in Bitcoin, just because I know you're just you're just out of college you're still in college but um how many years have you been in crypto um i've been in crypto as long as i've been in bitcoin i think i, I like kind of discovered it all pretty much at the same time bitcoin a little bitcoin first actually but uh i've been in crypto since 2018 i've been working in crypto since last year okay uh, and I graduated in May of last year. Well, so what what do you know about Light? What's your perception of Litecoin? I'm curious. Um, I think Litecoin is one of the few just cryptocurrencies that I haven't uh, dived as deeply into just because I'm like, okay, it's so... So it's a lot of it is similar to Bitcoin in a sense of like, I guess people could use Litecoin as as a test net. Um, speaking of like this, you know, controversial, uh, you know, Bitcoin improvement proposal, uh, Bitcoin 19, that's sort of in the talks right now in the Bitcoin space. People are like, yeah, just like try implementing it on Litecoin first. Um, you know, that's an option. And so 
that's sort of what I see Litecoin's role as right now as a Bitcoiner. Um, I do own some Litecoin, but I don't interact too much with uh, the community or the ecosystem at all. No, that, that's, that's, that's fair enough. Yeah. That's super cool. Can I kind of give her my take? Yeah, of course. Go see ahead. what she thinks of it. <clears throat> so <laughs> we in the Litecoin community kind of consider Litecoin as a Bitcoin chain. So it shares all the same properties, right? It's It's the same source code minus it changed two different lines so it changed the hashing algorithm the mining algorithm which means that it doesn't compete with the bitcoin miners so it right it's not like a minority miner in SHA-256 such that it would be um at risk of attack from the dominant chain and then it changes the block times which is just sort of an arbitrary trade-off but the idea behind litecoin and originally why it was called like uh, silver to Bitcoin's gold is because Bitcoin's very unique in that supply is fixed, right? It has this limited supply cap, but it's also unique in that as more people use it, the more expensive it becomes. And that's never happened with the money. So if there's enough demand that, you know, Bitcoin becomes this world monetary system where billions of people are using it, there's going to be demand for substitutes, even with you know, credit layers like Lightning, because you're making certain trade-offs by taking any sort of credit receipt, right? Like you make time and security trade-offs and eventually you have to settle, which you run into the fee that that you're trying to avoid. So Litecoin's kind of like the second Bitcoin chain being monetized um, and it's been around for 10 years, so. Yeah, I think, I think mostly the blocks are going to fill up, right? And when it becomes too costly, because here's one thing I'll let you know. Anybody who's in this room as a Litecoiner started out as a Bitcoiner. And I think, you know, saw that, hey, Litecoin's got all the properties of Bitcoin. And when Bitcoin becomes, you know, it, it, it at times becomes unusable, but essentially there's only X amount of capacity, even with the Lightning Network. You can only onboard you know, was it, I think we figured out there's only 200 million transactions a year that can be made on the Bitcoin network. And so there's 8 billion people in the world. At some point, that becomes unusable, right? So it's the idea that people should have the ability to hold their own coins, should be able to transact privately peer-to-peer and not have to use some second layer or third layer. That's one of the, what I would say, that was one of the game changers that Satoshi created was self-sovereignty and we don't want to lose sight of that and so i think bitcoin can do a lot of great things but once you start getting to second and third layers you start sacrificing some of the amazing things that satoshi created and so things like lightning litecoin uh doge as crazy it is doge has a lot of capabilities um and we talk about monero a lot and some of these other tools are going to be needed to handle 8 billion people if we truly want that to happen. That's an, uh, I've, I've heard that perspective before and uh, what I appreciate about sort of like the Litecoin perspective and the uh, altcoin versus uh, Bitcoin maxi perspective and the whole um, like lightning layer two, layer three arguments and whatnot is that the, these are all sort of bets um, both against each other and also uh, against uh, or not against just like uh, 
depending on like the future state of how how crypto is integrated into uh, our daily lives globally. Uh, and I, I think like one, the first hurdle to get over as as a industry as a whole is just, uh, you know, getting everyone off of off of fiat rails onto crypto rails. I think that starts with um, maybe like, honestly, probably not Bitcoin only, uh, maybe not Bitcoin at all. <laughs> um, but yeah, what I, what I appreciate about that perspective is, and like, uh, even though my opinion is that, uh, you know, yeah, Lightning does sacrifice a lot of uh, privacy and there are st uh, still a lot of issues with um, user experience uh, on every front. Uh, the reason why I think I am able to or I want to explore crypto and uh, listen to, you know, light corner perspectives and uh, listen to people who are, I don't know, just all in on some random other new blockchain that uh, somehow, I don't know, uh, scales the capabilities of Ethereum because they think that the entire world is going to be transacting NFTs or something. Like, the, the, these are all interesting perspectives to me that I, that are sort of hedges against each other and so um i i'm not at all one to predict what is going to actually happen eventually but you know like litecoin the path down litecoin is one of those possibilities and i'm not gonna just uh be like no that's stupid because i don't know what's gonna happen well you can i mean we'll <laughs> we'll let you say that we're not gonna attack you or anything but no and that that's part of it too like you know I, I think we try to we were talking about before you came in you know the the hate we get as litecoiners you know the dismissal right like oh and, and i no, don't take this any way but like you know oh well you're just a test net or just, you know real utility there's no real world use for it and it's just like if you you know if you believe that bitcoin is like legitimate then there's no reason to think litecoin's not also legitimate and so in a way yeah you get worked up but and then like we've been talking about there's another way of just like just let it go because you're not going to convince everybody all the time so um yeah so uh do you know about mimble wimble um i'm gonna say no okay so See, this, this is an, this is like a really cool technology that we're finding that Bitcoiners aren't aware of. And what's cool about if you know about like Segwit, right? You know, Segwit was launched on Litecoin first and Bitcoin yeah. adopted it. So like the cool thing about these two chains is that they're very similar. So anything that goes onto one like Taproot just got uh, is just got added to Litecoin with uh, minor signaling just went through last maybe eight days ago or something. So Taproot will be on Litecoin as well, just like Lightning Network is on Litecoin as well. And uh, it's basically a privacy layer. So it's a second, uh, what they, we're calling it, extension blocks. So alongside your regular blocks, extension blocks are going to be mined. And inside the Mimblewimble extension blocks, there's no uh, sender address, there's no receiver address, and there's no amount of coins that are sent. So it's basically a completely obscured area 
that you can transact Litecoin with that is not a second layer. It's within the main chain. So it's an optional privacy. And uh, like if you're a Litecoiner and you say, um, uh, hey, I, you know, I, I run a I run a business and I just want to send payment for a, something I received. And me as a vendor, I want to work on the extension blocks, the Mimblewimble side of things. I can provide you with a stealth address and your wallet will send coins to my private world, basically. And you don't have to engage. You don't have to actively know that. And you don't have to opt in or opt out as either side, right? Each of us can act as we would like to act. And if you want privacy, you can get it. That's pretty cool. Um, I, I have a, I have a question someone sent me, uh, <laughs> they ask, um, how often do, I know nothing about like lightning, uh, Litecoin, sorry, improvement proposals. Uh, how often do they sort of follow Bitcoin improvement proposals? Meaning like how, how often do we adopt what they adopt? Yeah. Or, and then also like, how often do you just adopt Litecoin independent proposals? Um, I would say, well, like I said, I mean, I think they've worked together. I mean, well, the funny thing is I was realizing like, I don't know how much Bitcoin improvement proposals have happened since SegWit. There hasn't been a whole lot that's happened. Like Beck 32 addresses came on. That's something that Litecoin adopted. Um, SegWit was something I think both developers worked side by side on because i know there was a bitcoin developer thrasher i think it was who moved over to work on litecoin for a couple years to get that working to get segwit enabled and then charlie charlie lee put up the bounty do you know this whole story <laughs> where charlie lee put a little up bit a million, dollar, a million dollar bounty to um basically say come and get it on segwit and essentially you know really did a lot to make sure segwit got enabled on litecoin and the exchanges took it but anyway outside of that i mean uh yeah taproot was bitcoin and then i and then i would say mimblewimble extension blocks is a big one and that's going to open up a lot of doors for further confidentiality and capabilities um yeah but i, I don't know I, I would say they've worked very much together and lightning network's an interesting one because you know we always say hey the first lightning transaction ever was from jack maulers to charlie lee <laughs> you know what i mean on litecoin yeah i i think mimblewimble is like the first major change that we've had from bitcoin everything else is just it's been yeah done by those the bitcoin developers and since it's open source litecoin can just implement it since it's very easy uh, since the code's basically exactly the same. But yeah, Mimblewimble is like the first major uh, difference between the two. And we'll have to see how it works out. That's cool. Um, I'll stay updated. Who's, that, who's, in it, who's messaging you? That's what I want to know. Somebody in our audience. <laughs> or is one of your friends like, go, go in there and ask him a question? I have you, a lot of... Uh, anon friends who are um, unwilling to publicly, you know, 
be in a light corner space because that would be super embarrassing, right? So, um... are you serious? <laughs> oh, tell them to come in here. That's so crazy to me, man. Like that's sad. Yeah, not, not gonna... like not like that's not sad to them. It's just sad that that's the state of crypto. Yeah, it, it is sad that this, that's the state of crypto, that people are so scared of being labeled um, like as shit coiners or something against this holy maxi tribe and get kicked out of. Did their... you realize, do you realize like I, I bought I, mean, I got in crypto in 2016 and I bought it because I had a friend who like, hadn't even bought it. He was just like the libertarian. He was like, hey, if you want to, there's one thing you can buy. I was just asking him, what what is there to invest in? And, um. I went down the rabbit hole and man, I've, we've gotten so far away from back then. It was like separating money from state. This is about the ability to privately hold your money, to interact privately and to not just do the bidding of whatever local government or state Senator or investment bank wanted us to do. It was, it was a, it was kind of this, you know, rage against the machine type of thing. And I, it was so much more of a collective thing I felt like back then. And, and the fact that we've gotten so divided and so like entrenched in this, these little civil wars in a way, you know, today I posted something about like, like whether, whatever you want to use the language, Litecoin is essentially identical to Bitcoin. They're essentially the same thing, right? It's a Bitcoin small b bitcoin and they interact together and we have two communities that can certainly say like would you like honestly would you rather use lightning network or litecoin litecoin is <laughs> it costs you i sent something the other day it's 0. 0.06 cents to send litecoin so why not have litecoin as your spending money and if you want to have bitcoin as your gold and that's your long standing like this is my stack i'm building long long term but for day-to-day -day transactions i can use another secure chain that's decentralized like that it makes so much more sense than jumping through all these hoops and sacrificing privacy and kyc and bitcoin rails to like i don't know what we're trying to do you know what i mean twisting yourself in knots when Litecoin here is here to just use it. It's so easy and it works so well. And so it's just, I don't know. It's disappointing that that's the case, I guess. Well, yeah, that's like what we were talking about though. Like it's, it's great because people can choose whatever they want to use. And if, you know, at some point in the future, if these cryptocurrencies are really adopted, we will see the same kind of trade-offs that would happen with Litecoin because it becomes expensive too. And another chain. So, I don't know. I think it's all net good, like having lightning available for people that want to use it and having many chains as well. So I think it maximizes the utility of the entire space. So I think it's both. And you can see it right now. Like you see adoption of, of Bitcoin in LN wallets or LN channels, and you see adoption of Litecoin transactions. So it is happening. The trade-offs are being made. It's just some people are choosing to use LN and Others are choosing to use Litecoin. I think that's cool. Yeah, it, I mean, honestly, if you think about the the mass, the best like maximum decentralization thing would be like a bunch of interoperable chains that all kind of had their own mining algorithms 
but they could all interact with each other so that there was no singular attack vector. You know, you couldn't take over one hashing algorithm because if you did, everyone would just abandon that chain and move on to the other ones. Like that's, that's like a, uh, biodiversity type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I think that will happen in, in different wallets. I'm sure you will be able to arbitrage security for costs between multiple chains and you'll be able to use credit layers too. I think that's, that's what free markets provide is just many options and solutions. And if there's a way to make money off of it, people will eventually make it. So, right. Yeah. All right. Sorry. We were speaking too much, Sarah. Go ahead. I didn't give you a chance to respond. No <laughs> I, I don't remember what I'm responding to, but um, I, I, had, I had a question. Um, is this from another Anon account? <laughs> no, I, I have a question for myself. I, so I have a friend who, well, we're speaking of on like, using different cryptocurrencies and i i honestly don't care what people use right i i, yeah. I don't even think that um the tokens like uh, in the long run will matter so much like i i think the only thing that might be interesting is like oh people want to be paid in sats maybe but i i think for the most part like stable coins on on crypto rails is is going to be the big thing uh but but outside of that like in sort of the value prop of having some of these other, you know, uh, altcoins exist, uh, where a lot of Bitcoin maxis always say like, oh, uh, this product from, I, I don't know, like Taro from Lightning is going to uh, basically j kill every altcoin or uh, whatever Taproot is going to just destroy all the altcoin models and uh, which is dumb but i think there's always going to be a value prop in into using any other chain depending on what you want and uh, one of those uh, that's really sort of interested me in the past few months is monero and i've never directly interacted with it but um i am curious like <laughs> yeah, for sure we might we probably have uh, hang on a minute Latin Slovak's not in here. He's a big Monero guy. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's one thing that, uh, you know, Mimblewimble with its privacy layer has intrigued some Monero people um, because 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 Litecoin's, you know, available everywhere Bitcoin is, Monero's big difficulty is they have no <laughs> regulatory. I mean, they're, they're just, they've just been shut out even without regulation. They've just been shut out of major markets. And, uh just to be clear, uh, Cake Wallet is a sponsor of my show, but I do think it's a great product, and it's a you can go into Cake Wallet, and they're going to adopt Mimblewimble as soon as possible. But you can basically take Monero, swap it into Litecoin privately, and be on every major market uh, available to you. But yeah, Monero is very interesting because it it upholds those initial values, right? Of privacy and self-sovereignty it doesn't have the scalability that we can tell it's cheap to transact right now because there's not a lot of use on it but um yeah there's use case for a whole lot of different things and going back to what you said earlier about um you know taro is gonna you know eat the world or whatever I, I, I do think what's interesting is this CTV thing that's coming up right now. Is it BIP 118? Is that what they're calling it? BIP 118. Um, 
119? Yeah. I like that there's some pushback from Bitcoiners saying, I don't want this. Because at some point you start saying, hey, again, we only have so much block space. Do we want to clutter it up with a bunch of bullshit? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, let's just be sound money. Goal number one, be perfect money. This other stuff, do we really need to put that on the Bitcoin blockchain? And you start questioning the motives of people that want to put DeFi on Bitcoin. And it's like, all it's going to do is make it unusable, right? If It's like Ethereum. It's 25 bucks to send anything on Ethereum. So the whole idea of the, like you said, the woman who's living in Saudi Arabia and wants to be a refugee and take what she can with her. If she, it's 25 bucks to transact and she's only got a hundred dollars, it's not usable for her. Right. So it defeats the whole initial goal of Bitcoin. Yeah. There, I think there are a lot of, um, a lot more nuances to a sort of covenants and introducing, um, more composability to Bitcoin. But uh, on that topic of Bib uh, 119, check template verify, I, I think a lot of, uh, you know, the, the concern that you have is, is not unfounded, but uh, a lot of the loud noise that is coming from um, the Bitcoin pleb space, I suppose you would call it, is uh, honestly, honestly just like out of pure ignorance and also um what what's the word like like sheepification like like it's cool to hate this thing because a lot of people like don't like trusting things and and that is sort of the <laughs> the reasoning for a lot of the criticism that's coming and, and it's not after bit 119 there's nothing wrong with uh, bit 119 and that's its uh, own topic uh, on its own but um i think the current arguments right now are against uh, speedy trial and implementations uh, and also just, you know, softworks in general on Bitcoin, uh, implementing proposals on Bitcoin. Uh, a lot of people out there think that Taproot was probably the last major softwork upgrade and there's likely going to not be anymore just because uh, how is this community going to ever, one, like find a way to come up with consensus and define what that means and then two, actually go through with it um, because it's like who gets to decide um, like like who actually gets to decide is it the is it the miners is it the um node operators users and how do they actually signal that they decide to uh, have consensus on some improvement proposal right so uh, there's a lot more nuance to that entire argument and there are a lot of layers and it's not completely about just covenants by itself it's also about the process of um uh proposal like implementation or not implementations but like um, I don't know like signaling and and all that so I find it, I like the word sheepification <laughs> 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 you've been sheepified uh yeah I said that this week I think that I think that Bitcoin might be done innovating and I'm and I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing like like I said, number one, be sound money. And one of the things you want in money is on, you know, the unchanging, the immutability of it. That it's just, it is like gold is, there's no added features to gold coming. Um, so that might be a good thing for Bitcoin long-term. 
Well, yeah, and I think that's like how Litecoin benefited Bitcoin. The testnet case, it's easier to implement changes. And if it works on a smaller uh, chain that has, you know, still real economic usage, it's not just a testnet. So there is actually like bounties there to exploit if if there are problems. I mean, that that would help um, Bitcoin adopt it, right? Like it, it helped once. I'm sure it, it could work again. Um, so we'll see. Maybe CTV will be implemented on LTC first. Uh, you know, it's funny. The things I, the comments I heard was that people thought Samson was kind of like tongue in cheek trolling Charlie a little bit, like because they're buddies, right? And just kind of saying, oh, just use it on Liquid or, you know, Litecoin as if Liquid and Litecoin are in any way comparable to each other, <laughs> right? Like I've pointed out this week, Liquid has a total of about, uh, I don't know, 12 transactions an hour or no. Well, they have one transaction every minute because of the block reward, but, or whatever, the uh, mining Coinbase. It's embarrassingly empty to. <laughs> it's ridiculous. The least. Yeah. But it was only, I, I did say today, I mean, I, I, I listen, I had, I have my beef with Adam back, so I don't know what you're, I, I know you write for Bitcoin Magazine. I don't know if there's a relationship there, so I don't want oh, to put you I, in a I weird definitely, spot. Oh, yeah. I, I want to <laughs> clarify that I, I do not write for Bitcoin Magazine, and I, I do not work with them, and I'm not affiliated with them in any way. Um, oh, so did, and did, I just want to like, make disband? that clear. Did you, uh, like, okay, because another thing that Sarah got into, and I, I think this is an interesting topic in general. This is more of a society issue is the whole thing that happened with crypto finally. Right. And their reaction to it was probably the, probably worse than the initial offense itself. Right. Yeah. It, it was stupid. It, it was, it was embarrassing. Like I, that was the, I think, I mean, I've had a lot of moments where I've been like, yikes, you know, but I think that was one of the, the uh, nobody quote me on this, but that that was definitely one of the most embarrassing moments to be like associated with the brand and uh, just you know with a community that would think that that's okay. Like, yeah. So uh, if you guys don't know what happened, if you guys don't know who crypto finally is, but she's a. I mean, I guess if you wanted to call somebody, if you're, I hate the word shitcoin, but if you're going to call somebody a shitcoiner, she's like the queen of shitcoiners, right? She's into farming and all this stuff. But she's a very prominent uh, account, and she's uh, went down to Bitcoin Miami, and somebody took a very unflattering picture of her without her knowledge, and then posted it on Twitter, and they just or mocked. like really more more context to that was there was a man who went up to her, befriended her, um, and then later on uh, took an unflattering picture of her ass and then posted it on Twitter, and then everyone started making fun of her, and it kind of went viral. And then um, you know the conference had a like a zero harassment tol uh, tolerance policy, and so she reported it to the conference, and the person who was running the conference account uh, was also piling on to the harassment which is completely inappropriate and just uh you know utterly embarrassing honestly for for the brand and just for um i feel like bitcoin in general to to think that it's okay to behave like that on some basis of like a, an exercise of free speech like <laughs> you know 
canceling people on the internet and not letting them go to um, uh, conferences run by private companies uh, is is not limiting free speech in any way. And in fact, it's actually limiting free speech of um, you know women and victims when you're telling them that you, they should just shut up because they're not going to make any change and they're not going to be helped in any way. So, hey, and. I have a question for you because this kind of goes back to the um, the sheepification comment because I think there's a, these intertwine in a way. Um, are you a conspiracy theorist at all? Um, <laughs> I would say no, uh, unless it's like deeply rooted in scientific basis, such as. <laughs> Well, Such here, as here's why. Here's why I'm asking. Simulation theory. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, do you think sometimes that there are um, accounts on Twitter or people that like want to make Bitcoin look bad, and like, because, because, like you said, there's the reaction of these people, or the way that people in the threads would act. You're going, who are these people? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I'm, you know, look, I'm completely detached from it. But just as a yeah, as a human being, you go, Jesus Christ, how inhumane are these people? And how can they not be like, hey man, that's just shit's just not cool. Like you don't need to be violently against it. I and mean, I've always felt that way. Go ahead, sorry. No, yeah, like to be completely honest with you, like I wish that was the case. Like I wish that all these um idiots on twitter were a huge were part of some operation to discredit the bitcoin community because that's like that's sure as hell what it looks like right uh, like I, I don't i spend a lot of time with these people i've i've talked and i've talked to i've worked directly with these very people who post these very idiotic things and uh they are for real they are bitcoiners they are full on um laser eyed maxi uh, misogynist carnivores who uh, straight up just like are are not at all apologetic about it um, and you know when allowed to sort of proliferate in a community or in a work environment where that kind of behavior and that kind of culture and that personality is uh, not only uh, not looked down upon but encouraged by executives and by uh big names in the space or just by like peer um i don't know camaraderie it it just turns into this like honestly just shockingly uh now for me unsurprising little like tidal wave of uh people who are you know, unknowingly destroying their only credibility that they, I feel like, no longer have. And, like, I don't know how to bring that back to Bitcoin because I am sometimes honestly so embarrassed to to be a part of this community because this is what we're communicating to not just people who are into crypto, who are on Twitter, but literally the entire world who, you know, by now, like, most people know what Bitcoin uh, or no Bitcoin exists, know that there's Bitcoin, know that there's crypto, know that there's NFTs, and it doesn't have a very good reputation, clearly. Uh, and I think that's in large part to the way that this community has, um, I don't know, like 
showcase itself. Yeah, it's weird. It's, you know, because if you go, and we often say, hey, it's only Twitter. But, you know, if you go to Reddit, it's the same way, right? If you go, I'm sure, to Discord or TikTok or wherever you're going to go to get your Bitcoin info, the prominent voices tend to be this. They match. There's a very, it's a similar, I don't know, it's a similar pattern. And it's a very almost like, we talk sometimes, it's like a religious slash cultish behavior. And again, like you said, there's people unwilling to come and talk to Litecoiners, dude. I'm not, you know, we're not, uh, again, we're not safe moon. It's Litecoin <laughs> for 10 years. Like Charlie Lee has spent every minute he's been in the Bitcoin space. He's done nothing but try to help Bitcoin become a better chain. And, and yet somehow he's denigrated and... It's just, yeah, I don't know what, and that's what I mean when you said earlier, like you said, it's a much more personal experience you with, with where you wrote for in Bitcoin Magazine. It's sad when you said there's people unwilling to come have a conversation with another human being. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. I don't know. It is. It's sad. It's disappointing, man. Sorry why I like going yeah. Oh, I was going to say... Um couple of things like i think about why this transpires this way all the time like what why are these different components of maximalism have like elevated to this level and like I, it's multivariable one i think um when you have this dogmatic belief system that one money is going to rule the world and somehow it's better uh <clears throat> than any alternative right like you're just worshiping one thing then anything that's a threat to that has to be kind of destroyed and then people have this financial incentive because they have lots of Bitcoin holdings. Um, so they do that. And I think that's naturally just tribal. It's like a gang, right? Gang members trying to prove themselves to each other by doing like just crazy things. And it's rewarded. They all jump up and down because they view themselves as like, you know, proudly defending BTC, right? Like we're all about, you know, whatever the social trend is, whether it's being a carnivore or being, um, you know, super fit or not not eating certain things, right? Like that, all that behavior to me just sounds inherently tribal. And that's why I think you get this tribal violence. And I think it comes out as sometimes sexist or sometimes offensive to different minority groups, right? Because it's, it's like a domination uh, aspect. Like, I don't know. Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a, it's the, it's like the mob mentality. It's very high school. It's very like what I would envision myself with my buddies. Like when you're 14 and you're, you know, making fun of somebody and you don't know any better when you're young and it's funny to everybody and everybody's laughing, but you're not thinking about the person you're laughing at, you know? Yeah, exactly. And to me, it's a lot like religion when you have this belief I'm not saying it's a bad belief, but to believe in one God and then somebody else believes in another God, that's like very offensive to your belief system and you feel like you need to go kill them or whatever. Um, so I think there's some of that too. And it just comes from this false understanding of. See us light climbers. We're like, we're those people, I guess maybe we're the ones driving around with those coexist stickers on our car. <laughs> yeah. It's just like let people do what they want with their stuff, with their property and let people uh, you know, act the way they want and use whatever they want. I think it's very libertarian in nature. And I think worshiping one chain or one, one project or being a maximalist, 
is inherently like counter to the Bitcoin ethos. Originally. It's very like conservative. It's, it's like it like that's what I think. If I were to politicize this, I would say that it's become very Republican. You know, it's definitely it's definitely very conservative. I mean, uh, it's all about you know tr- uh, traditional family structures and. Um, guns and freedom, but like not really freedom because it, it just freedom when um, it comes to the issues that we care about. Uh, because you know, abortion is a sin and um, shitcoining is also a sin. <laughs> <laughs> Do they really talk about abortion? Oh, yeah. I mean, as a woman, maybe I just pay a lot more attention to these things. Um, either it's outright just very conservative beliefs uh there's also a lot of crossover in religion um which i do see and then otherwise it's just a lot of men saying saying honestly really stupid things like uh and and i will say this publicly that i think this is a stupid take uh when people say that they are like one issue bitcoin voters and they don't care who it is and they will vote for like ted cruz or whoever it is who supports bitcoin like you, like you realize that most people um, who do not, uh, who are not granted the privilege of, um, you know, being uh, exactly what the status quo sort of, um, uh, the word like, like helps out. Uh, like people just can't vote like that. You know, that's an example. Like I. Why there's no, would there's no I, repercussion in ever... their daily lives? There's no yeah. repercussion to them. Yeah, I understand. What you're saying. Right? Yeah, like you know, I if, think... the, if the wrong person wins, it doesn't mean much to them one way or the other. I, I'm in that seat. I'll admit that. I don't even think about who I vote for because I just, I'm over it. I'm, I literally have chalked it up to like, neither of them are going to care about me. <laughs> so I'm just going to uh, not. And, and, and that's a luxurious place compared to. 99% of the population of the world, right? For sure. And like, that's kind of the whole, like one of the many reasons that a lot of people are in Bitcoin to begin with is because there are people around the world who don't have, you know, the, the financial equity and privileges that the, a lot of people in the West have. And even people in the West, um, there's a lot of discrepancies in the equity of like financial uh, sovereignty. And so like, that's what we're trying to solve for. And it's just so ironic to me that uh, people in Bitcoin largely don't, see that that cultural um like parallelism to the the ethos of bitcoin yeah it's like the inherent contradiction it's like the political parties right like both of them kind of want freedom for what they want to do but want to control you know what the other party does so they just kind of weaponize the government against each other and that's kind of yeah what bitcoin has kind of taken on i think that just is natural too the more people you get involved in the space like when Bitcoin first started, there there wasn't much of that, but the more masses of people you have enter, I think uh, it follows the same lines as traditional politics. Yeah, and that's and that's kind of why I like we're you know I've always said we're kind of I want to have this ethos in Litecoin that we're you know Litecoin Underground I came up with just because I thought it looked kind of cool or sounded kind of cool, but <laughs> yeah, the idea that we're this like uh, we're a hub. Right. And if you want to use us to onboard into uh, Dogecoin, go for it. If you want to use us to onboard into Monero and that's like your main focus, but like we're your liquidity provider, 
that's fine. I like I'm not I'm not worried about it. At the end of the day, we're all individuals and should have the ability to do what the fuck we want to do. <laughs> so, well, hey, Sarah, I think what we're all finding out is you're probably a Litecoiner, and just change it to Litecoin, ladies, and you're gonna have a lot less resistance. I can tell you that. <laughs> I, I think Bitcoin ladies represents Litecoin. So I think regardless of the name, she, yeah, they're doing. I know, the, I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um. But I did, I had a revelation where she kind of said that, you know, there's more, there's actually a bigger potential demand from females since females are more discriminated against worldwide, like in countries like India, for example, where they have less freedoms, less rights. So I just was like, wow, the the demand for Bitcoin, like we see primarily males in this space, but, you know, it could be on net, like more demanded by females if they understood it and realized what it was. This is why diversity matters, because then you get an abundance of just, you know, different backgrounds and different perspectives that help you shape both uh, the community and how it wants to operate, the messages that you want to put out, the efforts and, um, you know, the, the goals that you want to sort of make in a on a macro level you know is what which is what we're trying to do with crypto um with bitcoin with litecoin so yeah i just never had i don't know why i never thought of that but <laughs> it's <laughs> I, yeah it's i don't blame cool. you i mean yeah like it's it's hard to see issues when you don't experience them uh and you don't see people experiencing them and i think a lot of us in um, the western world uh first of all don't see people uh you know the the pressing need like i will i'm gonna bet that most most of the people honestly working in crypto uh working towards like a decentralized future a a more equitable like global financial system don't actually aren't financially oppressed in any way like they're just the ones talking about it they can complain about banks all they want but really like maybe they just chose a shitty bank like just don't go to wells fargo you know like you have other options a lot of people around the world just don't have those options and so um you know like if people this sounds like super pretentious but it's like you know travel and uh, talk to talk to people, talk to more women, um, you know, bring more women into your space uh, and just uh, if like talk to people from foreign countries, talk to people from Latin America, from Africa, like they, they all have their own sort of unique issues that I think like crypto has a lot of potential to help solve. Um, but it's hard to do that when a space is, you know, 90 percent um, men from North America. So. Yeah, and I think that's interesting too because not only ninety percent men from North America, but also like primarily the reason people want it to be money is the reason it can't can't be in a lot of these regions. Like even if you go to Africa or some of these underserved places around the world um, financially, they they think they're buying into a Ponzi scheme, like a pump and dump thing, and they don't want to get dumped on by Western investors who are trying to sell them this money so they can profit off of it. So like. There's an inherent contradiction there too, which I find interesting. Like the the end goal should be to maintain stable purchasing power, not to, you know, get super rich, but that's why 99% of the people have bought it and invested in it. So yeah, just interesting. It's hard. I mean, you're, you know, you're, what's it, what was very interesting. One of the, I think, great things that Satoshi did 
very genius things was the the block reward early on, right? Incentivizing the early miners to secure the chain as quickly as possible. But it definitely, like, he understood incentives. And one of the hard things about where we're at right now is that to truly get adoption is a thankless or incentiveless job. You know, there's no money in somebody like we, you know, this last week, I, I want to bring this up because something masters in the audience, he and I talked to cake Walt last week and we're trying to get them to work on some way to help small business owners make it as easy as possible for them to accept crypto, to accept native cryptocurrencies, invoice their customers, whatever it is. And that's not something that he and I are paid to do. It's something that we want to happen because like we care about Litecoin, we care about crypto and to find the unique, there's not a lot of people that are doing that, that are saying I'm willing to pay like those Bitcoin beach people. God bless those people, man. They went down there and they said, I'm going to, this means enough to me that I'm going to do this, not because I want to make money at it, but because I know this is an important tool for billions of people. And so we've kind of reached this weird spot where you're right, why Litecoin? Like, there's not going to be the financial reward. And if there is, like you said, it all of a sudden becomes unusable. I mean, if Bitcoin goes 10x from here, your on-chain fees become 10 times more expensive. It doesn't, you can't use it person to person anymore. So, um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of this. Everybody goes, oh, this huge announcement, but the price didn't do anything, right? Another country took it, and the price didn't go up. Well, that's that's not the original mission, and so yeah, yeah for sure. That's why we always kind of talk about speculative demand versus real economic demand. People like selling their products or services for it because that kind of demand doesn't net out like speculative speculative demand does right like speculators are looking to get out eventually so like if you have a bunch of people holding speculatively that aren't actually using it as money then eventually they're gonna (laughs) have the exact same uh effect on price that they did to the upside on, on the downside when they when they exit so yeah i think it's important to distinguish those two things um, from each and other. The, fu- the funny thing is that they're cashing out into the currency that they claimed they that was garbage anyway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like when you're tracking the U.S. dollar price and the U.S. dollar is the thing you're calling shit the whole time, why are you measuring, like why would you measure Bitcoin in a pile of shit? You wouldn't, you know, that makes no yeah. sense at all. I think there's just like lots of virtue signaling. Like I'd rather have, you know, X amount of Bitcoin versus X amount of dollars. But really people just care about purchasing power. I think all of that memeing is just to virtue signal to their tribe. But right. anyways, and, it's I, not, and, it's, and that's not only Bitcoin. That's, yeah, every, that's, that's 99.9% of the space. So I'm not, yeah, let's us not too, sometimes that. for sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. Hey, dude, listen. You make me sit here and go, okay, well, I do have a stack that I'd like to appreciate at some point in time. And I have a certain amount at some point I'll let go at a certain price. But I have a long-term holding stack that's meant to appreciate so I can pass on to my kids. Not, But I'm hoping that it appreciates. Yeah, and right? hopefully you can spend it directly without having to 
you know, go through the currency conversion phase and pay someone else a fee, right? Like, um, but yeah, I think this is a great space. I got to go. Thanks so much for, uh, yeah, for sure. hosting. It's great information from Sarah. I feel like I learned some things today. Yeah, it's just been the three of it. Uh, Satoshi South and Aaron, you've both been up here, but you got anything else to add or you just haven't stepped back yet? <laughs> I'm just chilling and listening, man. All right. Anybody else got any questions for Sarah? Like, I, I find this, um, like I said, I got a couple daughters. One's eight, one's 13. And the whole, the whole, you know, females in the space thing it's sometimes you know i you know obviously i grew up as a man I, i'm now 43 today's my birthday 43 years as a man and uh i don't ever i don't ever sit here and think that i've ever overtly made you know done anything to oppress women or uh ever put myself in a position to make women feel intimidated but that doesn't mean that that's not somebody else's real experience. And I think as you get, as you get older and you, especially when you have kids and you see things through their eyes and you understand that the world doesn't affect everybody else in the same way it affects you. Um, it takes time. And that's the other thing that is hard is you sometimes have to be forgiving that some people don't know. I'm not defending the people that have acted like shitheads, but I'm just saying that, um, you recognize that people who are not, you know, you only know your own perspective. And so when somebody else tries to speak their perspective, you got to sometimes listen, even when you don't feel like you have anything to apologize for, you're doing anything wrong. Sometimes you got to stop and go, okay, let me hear this person out. But Kanye, what's up, man? Hey, by the way, sir, this is the real Kanye. Indeed it is. Um, first off, underground. Happy birthday, man. And thank you for everything you do in the space. Appreciate you. Um, so I've been uh, multitasking. I'm still kind of multitasking here. So I've just been listening in. But I just want to jump in real quick with uh, a couple quick thoughts. Um, I, I think this is a really important point about welcoming women to the space in general. And then for us, uh, for the Litecoin community and... I'm not going to pretend to know anything about women. So I think, you know, the strategy <laughs> is just nothing? try to wait, be wait, wait. Kanye, you don't know anything about women? <laughs> nothing, sir. Nothing. <laughs> Perhaps one day you can share your 43 years of wisdom with me. Well, you got to um, know something about women. Like you've talked no, to women before, right? <laughs> I, I have talked to women before, indeed. None of it went particularly well. You, you haven't learned, you, haven't, you still didn't. You know, glean any information off <laughs> no i mean it, the moment i think i know something it just then it, it all blows up so um but 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 it, uh, joking aside i think um you know inviting folks like uh, inviting ladies like sarah and to share their perspective and making them feel welcomed in our space is really important and i think it's through that listening uh that you know we're going to get the ideas to be able to make women feel more welcomed to our space. Because, I mean, I can come up with ideas, but they're just gonna, I don't know, they'll probably be sexist. 
you know, like, I mean, I'm thinking, well, women like Instagram or something, maybe we should do more NFTs or whatever, but that's just in my own head. Like, I mean, I think the way to approach, cause this is a very, you know, w- we are the early adopters of crypto. I mean, this is a technology and we're all, you know, we're all crazy and we're all into early tech. Um, so it makes sense that this is a, more of a bro culture now, but for, for any of these projects to succeed, including Litecoin, it's about bringing in the next wave of adoption and the next wave of adoption is going to be like people that are more normal than us. So we have to, that includes all groups of people. Uh, all right. Well, we're a couple hours in. Taryn, you're up. Sometimes these go real late. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually out of ideas today I'm, as far as right now. So you guys, it's up to you guys. Um, I'm going to bounce now, but uh, Litecoin Underground, happy birthday again. And also, I have some extra Satoshi's female t-shirts from my last event for ladies in Bitcoin. Um, so if your daughters are interested in some, you know, cute... What does it say? Satoshi's females? Satoshi is female. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> They're super cute. I can mail you some if you want to send me an address. Um, That's very yeah. cool of you. I appreciate that. You know what I'm going to do for you, though? What's that? Is uh, send you some Litecoin. <laughs> to uh, pay for the postage, for sure. So No no worries. No worries at all. Well, here's what Birthday we'll do. Let, let me wait for this. I will, I will message you. All right. Um, Mimble Wimble will be well. Do you run, you do run like do you run Bitcoin Core? Do you run a node? Uh, yes. All right, so you can run Litecoin Core, and that's where Mimble Wimble will be active. Let's let's transact privately. <laughs> okay. Come on, try it out. It'll be really cool. You got to admit that you're going to receive money, and it's not going to be visible on the blockchain. All right, I am interested in testing that out for sure. So, all right, so give it'll be like probably end of May, but we'll stay in touch. And I do appreciate you, and I I think that, um, I think you're a Litecoiner and you don't know it yet, and that's great. And because Litecoiners are Bitcoiners, we're just open minded and cool, and you're always welcome. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having me. I felt very welcomed. So um, I don't normally feel like this on like Bitcoin spaces. So I don't really join Bitcoin maxi spaces. But thank you guys. We appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. All right. Good night. Yeah. Good night. Have a good one.